So today's episode of the Fit to Lead podcast, I am actually resharing a past episode. So Alana was on episode 167 of the Fit to Lead podcast, and she's actually releasing a new book. So I wanted to call attention to it. The book is called Freedom with Food and Fitness, How Intuitive Eating is the Key to Your Happiest, Healthiest Self. It's currently available for pre-order on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble, and it will be released worldwide on November 14th. So those who pre-order will get access to $250 in bonus gifts, including a $150 voucher for any Defy the Diet coaching package and a free copy of her signature book, Defy the Diet Workbook. So for more information, you could go to www.freedomwithfoodandfitness.com backslash book. I will include all of this in the show notes, but I did want to reshare Alana's episode because I think it is so valuable to so many. Welcome to today's episode of the Fit to Lead podcast. I am super excited to have with me today, Alana Vandersloos, who is a certified intuitive eating counselor, author, TEDx speaker, and eating disorder survivor. She's the founder of Freedom with Food and Fitness, an online community dedicated to empowering people to pursue health without obsession through intuitive eating and mindset work. Her book, Freedom with Food and Fitness, How Intuitive Eating is the Key to Becoming Your Happiest Self, will be published in late 2023. Alana lives in New Jersey, fellow Jersey girl with her husband, Scott, son, Archer, and feline fur baby, Captain Oates. Alana, I am so pumped to talk to you today. I am pumped to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. I feel like we are very much aligned because I'm all about being more intuitive. Like I've been like the macro counter and documenting everything and counting and figuring out, but I feel like there is so much goodness around being intuitive, being mindful, having the right mindset. So I would love for you to kick off things and really... Tell me how you got to where you are today. How did you arrive at becoming a certified intuitive eating counselor? Absolutely. So I, I feel like I got here the way a lot of people in the health and wellness space get to where they are is my own personal experience. When I was in my 20s, I fell into the hole of thinking that thinner was better and I needed to be as fit as I possibly could. And it, it, it started out well-meaning as just, you know, calorie counting on a calculator because my fitness pal wasn't a thing yet. And it just slowly morphed and devolved into this obsession. And it got to the point where I was eating like under a thousand calories a day for years. And I would weigh myself every day. And that number would either make me happy or anxious the entire rest of the day. All I thought about was food. It was just, it was this all, it became this all consuming monster. And I didn't know how to get out of it. And I was too proud to seek help the way that I always suggest that somebody does. Um, but I found this philosophy called intuitive eating. And I started listening to podcasts around intuitive eating. And I, I cried one of the first ones I listened to because it was like, not only was I not alone and not crazy for behaving the way that I was and thinking the way that I was about my own body, because other people were speaking about their experiences. But at the same time, all of a sudden I, I learned that it was, it was okay not to die. And there were actually women who didn't feel the need to die, but were still pursuing health. It wasn't this, let yourself go and, and eat whatever you want. And, you know, who cares about um, your health at all? It was, 
no, we care about our health. In fact, we care very much about our health to the, to, to the tune of we don't want to work against our bodies and make them be a size they're not supposed to be, but we want to work with our bodies and listen to our bodies and give them what they need in terms of nutrition and movement, but just in a more gentle way. And I was like, oh my God, this, this actually exists. Like we can do this. Like as women, we're allowed to do this. So it just, it, you know, I, I dove into intuitive eating. It blew my mind. It really helped me to start listening to what my body needs ease up on the restrictions and the counting. And um, lo and behold, oddly enough, I, I'm, I would say the fittest and healthiest I've ever been body, mind, and spirit. And I had no idea that I could achieve that without a strict diet. So it really blew my mind. That is awesome. And so if there, someone is starting this journey, and it's funny because I'm very much kind of on the same path, right? So I, I was a competitive bodybuilder, which was all about tracking and numbers and what you weighed and how you looked and all that. So really kind of pivoting towards what you're talking about, right? The, the intuitive eating and really eating towards health, um, eating towards, you know, longevity, right? And versus looking a certain way. What are some tips that people can take, like right now, if they're like, oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with the scale, obsessed with my fitness pal or tracking to kind of move towards that more intuitive eating? Um, two things I would definitely say, especially to your point of, of those two symptoms, get rid of the scale <laughs> and delete my fitness pal, um, and really start to listen to what your body is craving. And for a lot of people in the beginning, they're like, well, no way, because especially if someone's coming from a background like yours of, of being a competitive bodybuilder, it's like, well, all I'm going to want is pizza and ice cream and all the things I haven't been able to give myself forever. And, you know, as intuitive eaters going on the journey, there is that that point where you, you do eat more of those things at the very beginning, because you're just getting used to having them back in your life. But eventually once your body and mind kind of realize that you're truly allowing these things all the time, they get put off the pedestal. They don't become this, you know, forbidden fruit that you're not allowed to have. And that you always want, you always binge on. It's just like another food that's available to you. And you can decide whether or not you want to eat it, whether or not it feels good in your body. And you really get to listen and, and have that empowered choice. But yeah, I would definitely say getting rid of the scale and deleting my fitness pal. And I'll even add on, because I'm sure if you're an ex-bodybuilder, a lot of your listeners are as well. I highly recommend following Madeline Moon. She has a book called, um, I think it's called Confessions of a Bodybuilder. Or, if, oh, oh no, but Confessions of a Fitness Model. It's Ooh. like this... I think it's only ebook hundred pages, but I read it and she, she was a, she was a competitive bodybuilder and she goes through what that was like and, and the headspace she was in the behavior she was engaging in. And another person to follow is Jesse Jean. She has the dear body podcast and she also used to be a competitive bodybuilder and now she's um, intuitive eating. So it's very interesting awesome. to watch their trajectories. Oh, I love that. I love that. And so, you know, obviously nutrition and movement and exercise go hand in hand. What are some of the myths about exercise that our diet culture perpetuates? Yeah, I hear it all the time. It's, um, you know, it has to be an hour or it doesn't count, or it has to be in a gym setting or it doesn't count, or it has, you have to sweat or it doesn't count. And, you know, I'm someone personally who really enjoys weightlifting. I really, really like that challenge. I love to bump up my weights. I, I like to sweat. I like feeling like I really gave it my all. And that's just me. I'm like a very determined and like challenge oriented person. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't exercise an hour a day. I get about a half an hour in six days a week. 
I always want to give myself a rest day, but you know what? That's all I have. I mean, I have a full-time job. I have my side business. I have a toddler. It's just like, it's getting done at the crack of dawn for a half an hour. And that's all I have, but that's fine because it's all we really need. Like if you look at the science, um, it's recommended 75 to 150 hours a week. So that pans out to 15 to 30 minutes, you know, five times a week. It doesn't have to be an hour long session. And I think when we say things like, it has to be an hour, you have to sweat, it has to be in an Equinox gym. We're excluding so many, particularly women who don't have the time, money and energy to do those things. And, and so a lot of people with the black and white all or nothing thinking are saying, well, if I can't do an hour, I might as well not do anything. And that is the worst thing we can do, right? Because the most effective thing when it comes to exercise is not how, how long you're doing it or, or what you're doing. It's are you consistent with it? So the key with intuitive eating, one of the principles is joyful movement. And we call it movement because it doesn't have to be traditional exercise. It could be walking, it could be gardening, it could be dancing while you cook, um, Is but it has to be joyful. It has to be something you truly enjoy and realistically fits in your schedule so that you will have that consistency and you will start to see uh, the health gains that you're looking for. I love that. I love that. Cause I do think a lot of people get caught up in the, you know, we always hear calories in calories out, which yes, at the end of the day, that's, you know, creating a deficit, but I feel like people get caught up in the number. Like how many calories am I burning to your point? Is it an hour? Is it cardio? Like it has to be cardio to burn fat. And, um, I love, I love the whole joyful movement thing. I'm, I'm so, um, on board with that. Cause I always tell my clients too, like, just, just get 10,000 steps. It could be through Pilates, weightlifting, running, walking, but like walking is just the easiest, best way to just get it done. Right. Right. And like, and like, let's say you don't hit 10,000 steps in a day. It's like, okay, did you hit eight, seven, whatever it is? Like, there's always another day, like do it again tomorrow. It doesn't have to be all of this again, the all or nothing thinking. I think it's so many people stuck. Yes. Yes. And starting from where you're at. So if you're at 5,000, yeah, maybe it's seven or if you're already at 10, then maybe it's 11. Um, but yeah, I, I totally, I think people, you know, it's the whole progress versus perfection thing. Like people are, get their brains wrapped around either eating a certain way or working out a certain way. So I love, I love that whole aspect of just making it joyful. So when it comes to, to dieting and counting calories and macros and, and um, exercising, um, sometimes it could be more harmful than helpful. And I would love for you to talk through maybe kind of what you're seeing and maybe just some, some guidance for folks that, that maybe are caught up in that and how to, how to move away from it. Yeah, I think one of the most popular things that I see that I struggled with as well is the binge restrict cycle. Uh, so the way that it looked like for me is Monday through Friday, I would be eating quote unquote clean or being good, you know, however you want to phrase that. And by by Friday night, Saturday night, when I would, you know, go out for drinks with my girlfriends, we'd go out to eat, I would find myself not present in the conversation, but rather just binge eating. I would just be eating and eating and eating so focused on the food that I wasn't allowing myself Monday through Friday. And then when I came up for air, I would feel embarrassed. I was like, did anyone just see me do that? Or was, was it all in my head? Or, and I would feel physically sick. And, you know, on Sunday, I'd be like, all right, so like starting tomorrow, starting Monday, I'm going to be clean. And the cycle continued and continued and it, it drives you crazy. So a lot of my clients are like, you know, I'm good all day. And then I go home at night and I'm like in the pantry, just like zombie eating the chips. Like, I don't understand what's wrong with me. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with you. It's, it's eating clean and eating good. Uh, you know, especially with diet culture, a lot of the times that means not eating enough or not eating consistently. Um, and when we do that, 
our body thinks we're starving or experiencing a famine. It doesn't know that we're dieting. It's just like a biological response to binge eat when our body thinks it's dying and we need energy and nutrients. So I, I tell them, if you want to stop the binge eating, I would look first at, are you eating enough during the day? And are you eating consistently during the day? Are you eating every three to four hours, something substantial um, and something that will satisfy you, right? Something that has a carb, a protein and a fat together to keep your blood sugar level, to keep you fuller longer. Um, I would look at the beginning of your day if you're binging at the end of your day. Mm, I love that. It's so true. It's so true. And it's funny, um, what moving towards more intuitive eating. And when you do start eating the things that are quote unquote bad, like the pizza and the ice cream stuff, you know, realizing how your body feels after having, like, it's just funny how, I don't know, you just really move towards the healthier stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's like the thing I wish I could drill into everybody's head is like, they're so worried that they're good. Like, because they, they come to intuitive eating because they hate dieting, but they still want to lose weight. But they're like, if I go on this journey, I'm going to gain more weight. And I'm like, it's a very long journey. You have to be willing to let go of that control temporarily and let your body get used to those foods again. But again, like you allow all foods and then you start, you're eating all the ice cream and then you realize, oh, wow, when, when I have that much ice cream, I do not feel well after. And like, you're like, okay, you make like a mental note. You're like, okay, maybe I, I won't have as much next time. So you can still have it, but you end up eating less of it as an intuitive eater than when you were dieting, because it's not on a pedestal anymore. And you're more like, all right, how does my body feel on this? Or um, I like the, uh, the example of pizza. You know, I used to eat pizza, binge, you know, binge pizza, and I would be bloated, gassy, because that's a lot of wheat and a lot of dairy. Yeah. And now I'm like, okay, I'll have, I'll have pizza, I'll have a slice, I'll savor it, but then I'll pair it with like, you know, a salad or some grilled chicken, something to round out the meal. So I'm getting that thing that I'm craving, but I'm also keeping nutrition in mind as well. And you have that balance between the two. I love that. I love that. Cause I think it, I think it also goes back to like the whole abundance scare, scarcity thing, right? Cause you think, oh my God, I'm never going to get this again. I'm on a diet. Like I have to feed my face. Cause I don't know when I'll ever have it. But to your point, if you have a little bit and you have something healthy to round it out, it just, I just feel like it, it it makes so much so much more sense. So I love I love that whole idea for sure. So when it comes to being an intuitive eater and really kind of tuning into your body and what makes sense, what's a non-negotiable for you? Like as as you've gone through this journey and as you've come to kind of um, sit in this you know intuitive eating space, which I love. Um, how you you know what? Oh God, there's like so much. <laughs> everything just came flooding into my brain. Um, the mindset. The mindset is definitely the most important. And I have, I have a coaching model that I do with my clients. Um, um, can I curse on here? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> sure. Um, it's called chill the fuck out. And it's basically an acronym for, um, uh, circumstance, uh, thought, feeling, and outcome. And I, I tell my clients, everything that happens to us is neutral until we assign meaning to it, until we have a thought about it. So if you gain 10 pounds for somebody who's been suffering from anorexia, gaining 10 pounds is a wonderful part of their recovery for others. It's like the worst thing in the world. They feel like, so really it's, it's, it's a neutral thing. It depends on how you feel about those 10 pounds. And when we have a thought about the, the 10 pounds we gained, we have an emotion. We feel you know, out of control in our bodies. We feel hopeless. We feel frustrated. And that leads us to these disordered behaviors that don't work for us. It leads to us you know, being obsessed with the scale to get the number down. It leads to us you know, under eating. It leads to all these disordered behaviors that end up backfiring on us. Because 
diets don't work, right? They just like, we, they don't work long-term. They work in the short term. So I tell my clients, reverse engineer the model instead of, you know, thought, feeling, outcome. What do you want the outcome to be? Do you want to embrace your body as it is? Do you want to honor it with nutritious food and movement, but also honor your cravings? Do you want to do all that? Yeah. Okay. What, what emotions do you need to be feeling in order to be appreciating your body and feeling it right? You need to be feeling self-compassion for yourself and grace for yourself and, and positivity. Um, what thoughts do you need to have to generate those feelings, right? So if you gain 10 pounds, instead of saying, oh my God, I'm never going to lose this weight. Uh, you know, no one's ever going to love me say, okay, I, I gained 10 pounds. Why don't I approach this with curiosity and say, well, why do I think that might have happened? Have I been listening to my body? Have I been sleeping enough, drinking enough water? Have I been consistent with my movement? Where can I go from here that's not um, rigid and obsessive and punishing to myself, mm -hmm. but instead, you know, loving and nourishing and respectful to myself? So it's all about the mindset. It's like, if you want to, if you want to cure binge eating, emotional eating, um, the way you feel about yourself when you look at, at the mirror, it's all mindset. Because when I was at my lowest weight, I was, I was way underweight. I hated the way that I looked. And like, I was, I was in a size zero and I, I hated it. I hated my, and like most people be like, girl, kill to be in a, like, that's like literally never going to happen. That's like a pipe dream over here. But like, it, so it's not, I, I say that to say, it's not, it's not about the actual size of the body. It's the mindset you have around your body for sure. I love that. I love that. So I'm gonna this this next question always throws people off. Um, it's what is your favorite life hack? So what makes your life easier? It could be a recipe, an app, a tip. It could be anything you want. But I always love I love hearing guests life hacks. I got two. I'm gonna go with both. I have to say yeah. both. Um, number one, Google Calendar. Or whatever calendar thing that you want to do. But if I schedule things in, because again, my life is so busy. And I was yeah. like, how do you fit it all in? I'm like, I put it in the goddamn calendar because I'm going, it ain't going to get done. But, yes. you know, for people who struggle with being consistent with whether it's meal prepping or consistent exercise, put it in your calendar like it was a meeting with your boss. And you have to honor that meeting or else you, you know, if you didn't make a meeting with your boss, you would lose integrity with your boss. Same thing. If you don't do that workout or meal prep on the Sunday, you lose integrity with yourself. So keep those promises and those commitments to yourself and time block. I think that's, and then you can see for those who are like, I don't have time to work out consistently, use Google Calendar as a way to audit what you're, what you're doing with your time. And you can probably find time. I love that. I and love the second that. one, and yes. the second one. Yeah. Have a morning routine. Have a morning routine because it sets you up for the day. And like for me, I mean, my routine is kind of extra. <laughs> I like, I work <laughs> out, I journal, I meditate. I use my like red light therapy. I have my mushroom coffee. Like it was just like a whole lot, but it's, it like, it keeps me intentional about the day. It grounds me. It sets me up for success for the rest of the day. And it's good to have that little bit of consistency. So I would say Google Calendar and having any sort of morning routine that grounds you and keeps you intentional for the day. 
I love that. I love that because I feel like it also, I'm a huge morning morning routine person. It sets the foundation. Like I feel like once that's done, you're like, all right, bring it. Like I can do anything, anything else that needs to get done today. So I love that. I'm a huge fan. Um, so I would love for you to share a little bit more about your upcoming book, as well as where people can connect with you online, learn more about you, all the things. And I'll make sure to include it in the show notes. Sure. So the book is called Freedom with Food and Fitness, How Intuitive Eating is the Key to Your Happiest, Healthiest Self. Uh, it's coming out on November 7th uh, under Urano World USA. Super excited. It's going to be everywhere books are sold, online, in your local stores. Um, it'll, be, uh, it'll be worldwide. It'll be English and Spanish. And I'm super excited about it because there is an intuitive eating book, like the, the OG original yeah. book. Um, and the workbook, which I highly recommend both. But the thing that I I found fault with, I don't even want to say, but you know, no book can have everything. But what I felt was missing from that book was real tangible strategies for the everyday woman to implement today into her lives. Like if she's looking at meal prepping, like what are some really great tips and tricks and hacks to doing meal prepping so that it does fall in line with intuitive eating. So it doesn't take me forever so that I'm not spending a million dollars at the grocery store, mm -hmm. uh, things like that. And um, the other thing I felt was missing from the original book was joyful movement and exercise or whatever you want to call it. It's only one of the 10 principles and people don't really talk about it a lot. So half my book is food and the other half is fitness and, and joyful movement and how you can get that done. And um, again, like really realistic life hacks and, and tips and tricks to, to get that fitness done, to up-level it if you want to, to scale it back if you want to. Because um, I felt like that was missing in the market. But, um, and, and speaking of which, that, I feel like that's another myth around Fitness is a lot of people say, well, I'm too big to do X, Y, Z, or I feel uncomfortable running right now or whatever it is. And that's another mindset thing. Like I've seen yogis that can do things that I cannot do. And they're in a larger body. It's, it's kind of all in your mind sometimes. Or if you have a chronic physical ailment or whatever it may be, find something you can do. Like don't use that as an excuse, like find another way to get it done. I love that. I love that. And I agree. I think it's so important. Just find what, what you enjoy. Cause like the best workout is the one you're going to do. Yes. hundred percent. hundred percent. And, and to, to add, cause I, I like totally got on the soapbox right there and you asked me uh, where people can find me and I do want people to come and find me. I do want that. Um, yes. so I'm mostly on Instagram at freedom with food and fitness, um, and freedom with food and fitness.com. I have like a free masterclass you can take. I have tons of free resources. I have a podcast there as well. Um, come say hi. I have coaching available virtually. So I have clients all over the world from us in New Jersey to Australia. So I'd love to, to work with anybody who wants to work with me. I love it. I love it. I will put it all in the show notes, make it super easy to, for folks to find you and connect with you. I'm very excited for your book. And I'm so pumped that we were able to connect because I am a huge, huge fan of the whole intuitive eating movement. I think it's so important uh, for women to really kind of move to that from once, once they have a handle on their nutrition and understand portion control and all that, just intuitive eating is really worth that. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. 
Hey, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Fit to Lead podcast. If you did, be sure to leave a review and also subscribe so you get all the latest episodes. And most importantly, come visit me at www.allisonjacksonfitness.com.